cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the party. Today is Valentine's Day. <clears throat> Excuse me. Today is Wednesday. Jesus, Eric. All right. Good morning, everybody. Today is Wednesday, February 14th. It is Valentine's Day 2024. Welcome to episode number 557. And it is raining love as Eric Taylor straight out the gate raining 100 gifted squad memberships. I, I, I just, I can't even get, get. Bit, pull back your bow. Chips flow straight to cybersecurity hearts. Way to go, Eric Taylor. Thank you so much. Hey, good morning, everybody. We got a great show for you. Let me do the uh, read and hey, shout out and thanks to Eric Taylor and all the love. We got a great show for you. Check it out. Hey. If you knew, all right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is episode number 557 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief. And I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Eric Taylor, Tuki Vang, Arturo, Shannon Seabright, Jim Wales, Alicia Jerry, folks over on LinkedIn, folks on YouTube, and welcoming people over on Twitch to the stream this morning. And 100 new squad members coming in hot. We are all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break into the industry, you're going to get value here. Believe that because you will be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current on the industry? And this right here, the Daily Cyber Threat Brief, in addition to it being a lot of fun, a lot of good, good times and good spirits, it is uh, legitimate cybersecurity knowledge share and information sharing and analysis. So get in here, get comfortable. We got a great show for you today. Before we get into it, I do wanna say shout out and love to the stream sponsors, starting with Barricade Cyber, our very own Eric Taylor, who's making it rain up in here. Mike Fish, you are a member now. For all, <clears throat> hey, for all of you new squad members, including Mike Fish, Go ahead and jump into the uh, squad emote tray. You'll notice a whole bunch of new emotes, including the Oprah emote, which is totally on brand right now. You get a squad membership. You get a squad membership. <clears throat> so listen, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But you know what? Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to do 
They know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. They know how to yeet threat actors out of environments. They know how to take this blue team action right here and cash them outside. Catch me outside. How about that? That's right. So go to barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. And again, shout out and thanks to Eric Taylor and the team over at Barricade Cyber for the 100 gifted squad memberships right out the gate this morning. Also want to throw some love at Panopsi Security. Panopsi, get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. Brandon Poole and his team over at Panopsi Security can help you with tactical executions like tabletop exercises, enterprise risk assessments, information sharing um, techniques, setting up threat intelligence feeds, whatever it is. Or if you need larger kind of strategic vision, they do have VCSO capabilities to come in and basically set you up for success for you know your calendar year 24. Like, Come in, three-week engagement. Here's a roadmap. Go execute it and call me back at the end of 2024. That's what's up. Go to panopsi.com. Links in the description below. Also, uh, love an anti-siphon, but more about them at the mid-roll. Just so everybody knows, I do not prepare or research any of the stories that we're going to be doing in the show. I've worked in the industry for a very long time, and I love cybersecurity. So I always have some type of uh, thought or opinion or take on what we're covering. So don't worry about that. There's going to be mad love in here. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth Valentino. I know, I know. Uh, Jess Bishop's asked for a, a Panopsi email too. I'll tell you what, I I'll talk to Brandon. I'll find out what kind of uh, emote he wants and we will get it. Panopsi has been a longtime squad member um, or uh, Simply Cyber community member. So I think it's time. All right. Hey, um, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE, so be sure to say what's up in chat, grab a screenshot, and file it away. When you have to file your CPEs, all you have to do is count the number of files, divide by two, and there you go. You're done. Simple as that. If it is your first time on the stream, perhaps you're one of the fortunate people who just picked up a squad membership. That's a delight, isn't it? If it is your first time on the stream, Hashtag first timer in chat. Drop a hashtag first timer in chat. We love, love, love to welcome our new members. It is just all about good times in here. Make the circle bigger. If you're a regular, um, if you if you show up every day or if it's been a little while and you're just making your way back, hashtag team SC in chat. We are one simply cyber community and I freaking love it. I'm gonna do a team SC because in addition to being up here yelling in the mic, I'm also a team SC. Uh, <clears throat> member, excuse me. It is Wednesday, which is my favorite day of the week for activities because it's Worldwide Wednesday. So before we get into the news, we are going to uh, do a Worldwide Wednesday, uh, which is basically where we go around the world and see if we can get international representation um, for the Simply Cyber live community. Now, before we do that, I do want to say shout out and quick real love uh, I try to do this as often as I can, but it's important to do it, especially on Wednesdays. Uh, shout out to the mods, okay? Shout out to the mods. Uh, Mike Fish, thanks and Valentine's Day. Love to all. Feeling smarter already. You know what? I'll give you a, I'll give you a love on that one. Mike Fish, thank you, Mike. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks, Mike Fish. All right. Hey, by the way, if it is your first time on the stream, just know that we have a special sound effect and a special emote for our first timers. So don't be shy, first timers. Let us welcome you into the show. Now, check this out really quick. I'm going to drop some mod love, mod love, so much mod love. Worldwide Wednesday, while it's all about us, it is not possible to execute successfully without the support of the mod team. They make it uh, very much possible. All right, guys. 
So let's get ready to do this. All right. Hey, before we get into it, I want to share with everybody that Worldwide Wednesday is a sponsored segment. Thank you very much. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cyber, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code SIMPLYCYBER30 to get 30% off your first month or first year of membership. I love myself some ACI Learning, Sophie Goodwin, Daniel Lowry, Ronnie Wang, um, Kathy Chambers, just great people over there. G-Shock 19S with a first timer. Welcome to the party, pal, G-Shock. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. All right, guys, here's how it works. I'm going to set the clock to two minutes, 22 seconds. You tell me where you are. I frantically try to find Malawi, and then we see in two minutes if we got it. So happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Setting the timer to two minutes. Mods, get ready. It's about to, it's about to rain. Here we go. Where are you, Simply Cyber Community? Hit me up. Gnarly's in Canada. Very nice, Gnarly. Denver, Colorado with Johnson. Jonathan bringing it online. New York City, San Antonio. What's up, CMFA, Oklahoma? I see you. Marco Polo at the nation's capital. USA, I love it. Melbourne, Florida's in the hizzy. Ohio. We got Southeast Florida, Beaumont, Texas. Phoenix, going to be in Phoenix pretty soon. Hemoglobin's in Spain, bringing Europe online. Macon, Georgia's in the house. Arlington, Israel. Oh, boy. Where's my Israel? Where's, I'm going to have to find Israel. Israel, Israel, Israel. Oh, I'll come back to Israel. Montreal, Canada's online. New Jersey, Philly, San Antonio. Rocking out Portugal. Thank you, Portugal. Europe's coming on strong. Delaware, Kansas City Chiefs, Toasty Pops and the Simply Cyber local faction. SSD brings Africa online. The continent of Africa is in here. Jeff Wattal is in the UP. Nice. Good morning, Glory. Hashtag Team SC, Pueblo, Colorado. Poland, Centralist, always bringing Poland online. I love it. All right, first timer, John Cote coming in from Armenia. Singapore's online. I love it. Singapore, 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 Singapore. Oh, Singapore, where are you? I need help. We'll come back to Singapore, too. I'm feeling hard today. Bangladesh, I got you, Bangladesh. Nepal, nope, 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 nope. Pakistan, Bangladesh. We got Asia, Afghanistan. We're going to call that Middle East. Very nice. Oh, my God. Some days, man. Azerbaijan, no. Afghanistan, Wisconsin, Dublin, nice. Thank you, Ireland. I love it. Malawi, I told you I know where Malawi is now. Oh, you're down here, Malawi. Where are you? There you are. Boom. I love it. Moyoc, North Carolina. Iona, UK. We got UK on. Where's our South America, folks? Ethiopia. Yes, sir. Way to go, Medin G. Antarctica. Thank you, Omni Investments. North Carolina, Canada, Niagara Falls, Kansas, New Bedford. Welcome to New Bedford. Malawi, UK. All right. We're going to have to go back through. Let me go back through the... Um, let me go through mod chat really quickly. That was a hot mess, guys. Some days I'm bad. Today I was real bad. Uh, we got Armenia. All right, so let's look here really quickly. Armenia is definitely over here. Armenia, Armenia. Oh, there's Israel. Holy crap, I had no idea Israel was here. Wow. Dude, wow. I had no idea Israel was this close to um, Egypt. Wow. 
I uh, I guess you learn something every day. Armenia, Armenia, Armenia. Did we get a um, South America representation? Damn it, where's Armenia? Oh, sorry, Armenia. Ghana. Oh, okay, I got Ghana. Chad, Niger. Ghana. There we go. So we, all right, just going back over at South Africa, Singapore, Finland. Oh, the Aussies are here. All right, thank you, Aussies. Finland. Finland's up here. First time for Finland that I'm aware of. All right, guys, France. All right, so check it out. We got strong representation, Africa online, Europe online, Middle East online, Asia's online, Australia, North America, obviously coming correct. No South America representation, sadly. Sadly, all right, so let's get Singapore here. Not the Philippines. Cambodia, Vietnam, China. All right, guys, it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> Mods are like giving me uh, Indonesia. It's hurting me. There's report of Chile. Hold on. Can we con- can we confirm this? Can we confirm that we have a Chile representation? Who is really from Chile? Can we get? Yes, Space Tacos is confirming it. We got secondary confirmation. Yes, sir. Great job, everybody. Way to crush it. Absolutely epic. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. We go worldwide, whether it's Valentine's Day or it's a Tuesday. This community, hashtag Team SC, you guys are a freaking amazing and just bringing perspective, diversity, you know, different, different uh, cultures and, you know, experiences. Cybersecurity is hard and it's the same all over the world, regardless of language regardless of, you know, culture and stuff. Um, just amazing. And so, so proud. So, so uh, very uh, honored and privileged to be able to do this with you guys every morning and especially on Wednesdays. So congratulations, everybody. Well done. All right. Now, as usual. All right. Still want to put Singapore on the map. All right. All right. Let me, let me find Singapore. The mods told me where Singapore was. I'm just having a tough time. Um, so according to the map I've been given, Singapore is right below Malaysia, but that looks like Indonesia. All right. Singapore map. Let's look. Singapore map. It really is right below Malaysia. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. We will do this. We'll, we'll get this Malaysia. Oh, 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 there it is. Look at that tiny dot. That tiny dot. Come on. That's not even fair. That's not even fair. All right, everybody. Hey, great work. But like always, we've got work to do. So sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome way. All right, India. I see you. I see you. Let's get India some love. All right. All right. Sit back, everybody, and let's do it. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. These are the Cybersecurity Headlines for Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. I'm Sean Kelly. Prudential Financial Data Breached in Cyber Attack. 
In an 8K filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the Fortune 500 financial firm disclosed that its network was breached last week. Attackers stole employee and contractor data before being blocked from the compromised systems a day later. An investigation is ongoing to determine the full scope of the incident, and Prudential has yet to find any indication that malicious actors gained access to customer or client data. Uh, okay. So, financial services company gets hit only for a day. I'm not to say that that exposure isn't good, but, you know, a day's a day's pretty good to identify and root out um, bad. Now, they do have $1.4 trillion. Uh, that's not a mistake. Trillion dollars under management. Um, you would think that a financial services company that is as large as Prudential would have uh, extensive cybersecurity controls in place. So being a huge company like they are making $50 billion in revenue last year, 40,000 employees, eh, you would think um, the exposure here is not too bad. Um, we suspect the cybercrime group, of course. Dude, when you're popping a financial services company, there's no question it's a sophisticated cyber threat actor, whether it's a nation state or it's a criminal organization. Like, like uh, Johnny Johnny Script Kitty isn't busting into Prudential, all right? So financial services companies always have sick... It, um, Cybersecurity. I will say that it's high stress, but if you're looking to get paid, Great cash, homie. then uh, financial services is a good place for you if, if money really, really matters. Um, it says the incident has a material impact. I want to know more about the incident. Like, what happened? I hate when. All right, hold on. Uh, okay, so like Prudential wasn't immediately available for speaking. They said that. What there's no story here. Like they were hit, but like to what? Uh oh my god. I hate when stories are this vague. Um security breach to law enforcement. Okay. Cybercrime company. Okay, here we go. So this is the actual juice. They believe the threat actor uh, access company admin and user data from certain IT systems and a small percentage of company user accounts. Um all right, so here's the deal. Uh this is, you know. I guess for the sake of uh, um, financial services, this is a pretty light exposure. Now, a financial services company does not want any type of exposure. But um, I, I like the thing of the financial services company is almost like a submarine where like even if like one part of the hull gets breached, they can really compartmentalize that and like let it fill with water and until they get to port and they can drain it. There's no material impact to the overall um you know, uh, structure of the of the submarine itself and the mission of what the sub is doing can continue on. No big deal. Yeah, you might have some some exposure. You might lose a couple uh, people in that in that um, in that pierced hull spot, which is not acceptable. But the overall, you know, mission isn't compromised. This, I guarantee you, all the users and all the contractor accounts that were involved in that breach, they've all been. Uh, uh, had their user names, uh, excuse me, had their passwords recycled at this point, probably had their MFA tokens uh, purged. Like you can go into like Office 365, for example, and just like uh, clear all sessions, right? So like, say I log in somewhere, next time I log in, I don't have to authenticate because I've got sessions. Well, the threat actor gets in there, you can push a button to like basically clear out and nullify all sessions. 
I'm sure they did that. Again, financial services company, they always have great, um, they always have great like um, controls in place, but then incident response and the ability to recover quickly. They're good to go. No big deal. Uh, yeah. BSEC saying TLDR, someone got fish, they got creds. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, dude, there's no question that financial services companies have multi-factor authentication on all their stuff. So uh, whatever it is, it's it's not a big deal. It like this is like this is not a big deal. Facebook Marketplace user records leaked on hacking forum. A threat actor has leaked two hundred thousand records on a hacking forum, claiming they contained the personal information of Facebook Marketplace users. Bleeping Computer verified some of the leaked data by matching the email addresses and phone numbers with a sample of data shared by the threat actor. The threat actor claims part of the Facebook Marketplace database was stolen after hacking the systems of a meta contractor. The leaked database contains an array of PII, including names, phone numbers, email addresses, Facebook IDs, and Facebook profile information. All right. Okay. So another like, bah, story. Um... So the the on the surface point of this story is that some threat actor has a bunch of like great data for social engineering and phishing people on Facebook Marketplace. They can text your phone number. They can pretend to be someone. They can reference some type of transaction you did before. I feel like end users. I know, like obviously, like elderly population and young uh, users, like um, you know, say fifteen and under make bad decisions. Uh, but I mean, adults make bad decisions too. I'm just saying that they're like an easier population to trick. Um, that's all this is. Like basically some threat actor got intel to be able to uh, do social engineering. What's up, Omar Alvarez coming in from Houston. Good to see you, Omar. Love that blue badging. Um, the TL, I mean, to, to give you guys something that is like more than like what we're looking at right here, a little bit of actual, you know, practical value. Um, it was a third party contractor who was supporting Meta. Large businesses always use contractors. The US government uses contractors. I guarantee wherever you uh, live, the government there uses contractors. So unfortunately, you can have like the tightest, securest, everythingest, uh, but the, the contractors that you're contracting with, they may not have the same level of security. This is what happens in this instance. If you really want to get your arms around this, it's hard. It's very hard. You have to have very strong third-party um, security controls, like uh, third-party you know, services co controls. Now, if you're using some type of cloud system and pushing your data up to it, that's different. But if you're having contractors do work for you, uh, unfortunately, it costs a lot of money because you basically have to provide them with like your own workstation, not allow them to put creds and data on their workstation, require them to jump on your VPN before they're able to access resources. So there is a way to use third-party contractors in a more secure way. It's not bulletproof. Nothing, nothing in our industry is bulletproof. We should call this industry cyber resiliency, not cybersecurity. But that's a that's my like yelling at a clouds old man argument that I have that no one cares about. But you can you can do it, but it's expensive. Got to pay for the computer. Got to pay for the VPN license. Got to pay to uh, have you know BSEC maintain that computer. BYOD, sure, no problem. But um, you're adding risks, so now you got to issue phones to all these people. The amount of money it costs to like do third party risk management correctly 
is expensive. So what a lot of businesses and CFOs do is say, ah, let's put it in the contract and say that they'll be secure. And then like in parentheses, it says, and we'll never audit them. And if we ever do, we won't really do anything with the results anyways. And uh, this is what happens. Unfortunately, this is a reality. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people right now in chat are either saying hashtag preach or they feel seen, but this is the reality. The businesses want to be secure and they don't want to pay. They don't want to pay for it. They just want it to be secure. Guess what? Hope is not a strategy. Bank of America customers at risk after third-party breach. Bank of America has alerted its customers that their personal data may have been exposed as a result of a breach suffered by one of its service providers, Infosys McCamish Systems, or IMS. The breach allegedly exposed names, addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, as well as account and credit card numbers. The Lockbit ransomware gang claimed responsibility for the attack that occurred early last November in which they encrypted more than 2,000 systems. IMS's breach disclosure notice indicates that approximately 57,000 individuals were affected by the breach all right wow so you know with the stories that get picked up it you know sometimes it can suggest a uh, a certain theme but like dude another massive financial services company hit with a breach um bank of america you know they are huge they are huge and uh, they say customers at risk after data breach yeah absolutely so unfortunately you know, the Bank of America system in, in that business is fine. The victims here are us, uh, people who do banking with Bank of America. And by the way, they don't talk about like, so I, like for me, for example, I don't use Bank of America, but I did in the nineties. Am I exposed? I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? So like, it's not always about active customers. Sometimes you have the, cause these businesses, man, data is the new gold. And by the way, Matthew McConaughey, I expect my royalty check. I don't know if you guys saw that Super Bowl ad or whatever, like this ad recently where he's talking about data is the new gold. You know, come on, I coined that in 2015. So anyways, you know, Bank of America is holding on to all the data as long as it possibly can because it's got value. Um, I will point out one thing, uh, and I like to think of this. Uh, I like to share this uh, with everybody. This got, they got names, addresses, social security numbers, date of birth, financial details. Yeah, now you could do some identity theft, but what I really want to pull your attention to is this. Financial details such as account and credit card numbers. It doesn't specify size of accounts and stuff like that, but if I was a threat actor, if you're a high net worth individual, the higher your net worth, or if you're, if you're helping secure someone, like say you're a contractor or a consultant, and one of your clients is a high net worth individual. If they have, or you have th this Bank of America card, like you're going to get more targeted. Basically, if I am a threat actor, welcome to Threat Actor Training. <laughs> welcome to Threat Actor Academy. Um, if I'm a threat actor and I get access to sensitive financial data, you better believe the first thing I'm doing is putting it in Excel and sorting by the um, amount column. Because I'm not going to waste my time, my energy trying to hit someone who's got like bad credit and a $500 credit max on their credit card. I'm looking for the whales, man. If I'm going to spend one hour of energy, I want the highest return on investment. So I'm filtering by the Amex black card people. I'm filtering by the person who had, 
you know, two million dollars in transactions last year because I'm going to get higher return on my on my time and investment. So that to me, that's always the um, concern when financial data gets breached. Yeah, Bank of America doesn't care. I mean, they do care, but it's more. If I had to guess, it's more from like a crisis management PR spin thing. They're a they're a Goliath. They're they're going to keep on rolling. No big deal. So just be mindful of that. That's how that this data will be used in uh, social engineering, very likely. Um, and obviously, like we've got tax season coming up, so they might be filing illegal taxes. Um, <laughs> space tacos. Yes, uh, if you're broke, uh, you're you're less likely to get hit, right? Um, that's your your strategy. Um, also, quick shout out. Uh, I think I'm gonna start making a shout out every time I see this. Um, Maine, the state of Maine, is just bringing the heat for privacy and uh, data breaches. Like you're seeing the state of Maine constantly um, pop up in the news for getting disclosures uh, for um, data breaches. Lockbit was the ransomware gang that did this. I will tell you Lockbit doesn't really, Lockbit is a uh, ransomware is affiliate model. Uh, they do encrypt data. They do data exfil and sell it. So you can believe that this data was successfully pulled out and they will successfully monetize it. So not good. Um, <laughs> okay, so this 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 expert says by implementing tokenization, robust encryption and access controls, um, they can you know mitigate the impact of breaches and make stolen data unusable. I don't think Bank of America did that, right? So if Bank of America did that, then this wouldn't be a story. This would be like, well, this would be more of a celebration of Bank of America's um, cybersecurity architecture in protecting data, but that doesn't look like it. So <laughs> the TLDR here is if you don't want to be in the news and be Bank of America, this liter like literally, this is the playbook on the controls you should be implementing. What is that? What am I looking at? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's keep going. Integris Health says data breach impacted over 2 million patients. Following up on a story we brought to you back in December on cybersecurity headlines, Oklahoma's largest not-for-profit healthcare network has reported that nearly 2.4 million people were impacted by the data breach it suffered last November. Integris Health confirmed the cyber attack in late December after patients began receiving extortion emails containing their stolen personal information and a link to the Tor network hosting the data. Stolen data included dates of birth, contact and demographic information, and social security numbers. Visitors could pay $50 for attackers to remove their details or pay $3 to view information belonging to any other impacted individual. The threat actor told Bleeping Computer that they only exfiltrated the data and did not encrypt it, which allowed Integris Health to keep providing services services to its patients. Well, isn't that special? Isn't that kind? Isn't that generous of the threat actors to not encrypt the data to ensure that the hospital can continue to uh, do operations while the exfil is happening uh, and they're going to sell that information. So Integris Health, healthcare uh, organization, hospitals are not immune. Um, I will be, I'm giving a talk in uh, Phoenix or um, Scottsdale is Phoenix and Scottsdale like na like not just neighbors, but like I feel like I'm flying into Phoenix, but my talk is in Scottsdale. Anyways, I digress. I'll be adding this to the uh, uh, the uh, the deck uh, when I do it. But 2.4 million people, Oklahoma's largest healthcare network. 
suffered a cyber attack. Here's the deal, guys. Threat actors, they're hitting hospitals. They don't care. It is crime of opportunity. If someone falls for something, they will get in it, right? It looks like the threat actor actually reached directly out to the patients. Um, to the patients, man. To go to a tour network about stolen details. Oh, this is gross. We saw this in Seattle with the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center where they hit the um where they hit the uh, the business and then they're uh trying to sell this to the individuals who are also impacted. Um this is like dude, this is like picking peanuts out of elephant poop. What are we doing here, guys? You're a sophisticated threat actor and you're going to try to charge 50 bucks like incrementally um of victims or you could charge $3 to let them view it. Oh, view th for three bucks. You can view anybody's information. Interesting. Um, you can get full name, date of birth, contact info, demo, and social for $3 on anyone. Um, yeah. Here's the deal. A couple things to point out here. One, this sucks for the threat actor, taking it to the people instead of taking it to the business who they compromised. So now, now because I went, because I like uh, was involved in a car accident, because I was doing my doing nothing wrong and I got hit by a car and I got taken to the hospital, now my data is compromised because Integris Health made a mistake and a threat actor is trying to charge me 50 bucks to protect my data when I did nothing wrong. This is... This is deplorable. The you know the threat actors. I get it. They they just want money. They don't care. They seem like uh, they're um, almost like emotionally removed from the crime itself. Like they're like oh like you know like oh th like a psychologist would probably have a field day uh, evaluating these threat actors and their um their moral obligation to what's going on. A lot of them see victims as clients, uh, and that they're helping their clients out. Data exfil is fine, but it just, I don't know, man. It's like, this sucks for my aunt Dorothea, who's, you know, like, like getting this email and like, what, what am I, like, what is Tor? What is Bitcoin? What is my data? It's scary. If, if you've ever been a victim of any type of cyber exploitation, whether you had your like credit card stolen or you had someone log into your email or you got like a phishing message and you fell for it, like whatever it is. It feels terrible. And 2.4 million people, up to 2.4 million people feel that way right now because of these threat actors, man. It just, like the fact that the healthcare, like Integris Health can continue operations, like that's kind of a, a, a fear, is it Pyrrhic victory or fear? I think it's Pyrrhic victory, right? Going back, using a, a, a an old, an old, uh, vocabulary word from yesteryear, a Pyrrhic victory, word of the day, a victory that inflicts such devastating toll on the victor that it's basically the same as a defeat, right? So Integris Health continues to operate, yet 2.4 million people who depend on Integris Health for healthcare are victims. So that probably doesn't feel good. Uh, again, all the same things. One, end user awareness training. Two, external network threat exposure management. Three, uh, you know, like, here's the thing, like tabletop exercises, backups, immutable storage. None of that stops this. None of it. Like those are ransomware threat controls. 
Threat actors are moving on. Threat actors are just exhaling data. Right now, you need things like be able to detect massive data exports, data exfills, have your SIM detected, DLP, if you can get it going the right way. Um, educate your end users not to fall for silly things. Data compartmentalization, um, obviously multi-factor authentication, but dude, damn, it sucks. It sucks, it sucks, it sucks. Eric Taylor dropping bombs here. This is a new service, information detections as a service. Oh, information deletions as a service. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't, I don't like this development personally. I don't like this development. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I know this is going to sound kind of weird, okay? But I feel like, you know, threat actors are operating. It's almost like threat actors are operating and good guys are operating. And we're in this like constant battle. And it, it, it's almost like, I don't know, like two rival gangs. Like you don't try to involve normal people. You don't try to involve people who are not involved in this like subculture. You know what I mean? Like, like think of like, uh, like John Wick movies, right? There's people running around shooting, but like the normal people, the people who are just like walking by or driving, they aren't involved in anything. And this right here, this development, this, um, direction that, the threat actors are going is beginning to pull those people into the battle. Uh, and it's just not, it's just a bad look, man. And now a word from our sponsor, Vanta. From dozens of spreadsheets and screenshots to fragmented tools and manual security reviews, managing the requirements for modern compliance in security programs is increasingly challenging. Vanta is the leading trust management platform that helps you centralize your efforts to establish trust and enable growth across your organization. Over 6,000 companies partner with Vanta to automate compliance, strengthen security posture, streamline security reviews, and reduce third-party risk. To learn more, go to vanta.com CISO to watch their three-minute product demo. That's V-A-N-T-A dot CISO. Wow, a lot, lot of uh, classic references here, right? Warriors come out and play. And then we got the Jets and the Sharks coming in. Star Wars. Like, I, 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 love, I love the community. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. Let's go. I hope you're having a great show. We're kind of a few minutes over, but that always happens on Wednesdays because we do Worldwide Wednesday. If you're getting educational value from the stream or entertainment value from the stream or perhaps both, do me a favor, hit that like button. It goes a long way to helping other people find the stream. That's simple. That's why you hit the like button. If you want other people to find the stream, hit the like button on YouTube right now. Shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber Panopsi and Anti-Siphon Training. Guys, listen. Jason Blanchard, Deb Wigley, John Strand, Velda Lemke, Anti oh, Zach Hill. Zach, Anti-Siphon Training is here to disrupt the traditional training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of financial position. They offer their students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what is taught, and engage with the community in a fun and inclusive way. Go check them out, antisiphontraining.com. Link in the description below. They always have free training right around the corner. That is exceptional. So don't sleep on this opportunity. Very proud to be affiliated with Anti-Siphon Training. Hell, the shirt I'm wearing right now, Blue Team, this is a Black Hills shirt. I'm very proud to be affiliated with Black Hills, which is the company that is over Anti-Siphon Training. 
All right, guys. Hey, if you'd like to blow up your professional network, listen up really quickly. I think you're going to enjoy this. Marquise Miller has the baton. Doesn't appear to be in chat. Marquise, let us know if you're in chat. Do me a favor, guys. If you want to blow up your professional network, go on LinkedIn. Search for the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. We have appropriated this hashtag, and it is weaponized in a, in a uh, force of good. Search for this hashtag, find the posts that are using it, comment on the posts, and most importantly, connect with the people posting and in the comments. Because you comment, the next people are going to connect with the people in comments, which is you, which means you actively build your network and you also passively build your network once you drop in the comments. So use the Simply Cyber Community Challenge to blow up your professional network. Believe me, five minutes a day, two weeks time, you'll thank me. Now, Marquise Miller has the baton. We need one person a day to be the person who's posting. So if you would like to take the baton, Marquise Miller is here. Hey, Marquise, good to see you. Pass the baton, Marquise. If you get the baton, say you want it, Marquise will give it to you. Make your post. Share your story. Why are you a member of the Simply Cyber community? Whatever it is, but use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge so the community can find you and tag me so I can amplify it. And let's go. It's all about good times. Marquise, I look forward to who you post on. All right, guys. All right. So it is Worldwide Wednesday, so we already did the mid-roll segment. We'll just give uh, Simple Minds a quick second, and then we're going to get right back into the news, okay? All right. We'll do our hey, 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 hey's, and then we are out. Hey, hey, hey's are so hot. <laughs> we got jaw jacking at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. Here we go. I meant la, 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 la. It's not hey, 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 hey. Let's get back to it, y'all. QNAP vulnerability disclosures send mixed messages. The Taiwanese network-attached storage company has found itself at odds with security researchers after releasing fixes for two new command injection vulnerabilities. QNAP assigned both vulns a severity score of just 5.8 out of 10. For the first bug, QNAP indicated that exploitation would require a high-complexity attack that would have low impact if successful. Palo Alto Networks Unit 42 concluded just the opposite, stating that RCE bugs exhibit a combination of low attack complexity and critical impact to IoT devices. The German Federal Office of Information Security, or BSI, doubled down on Unit 42's position on Tuesday, warning that successful exploits could lead to major damage. In the case of the second flaw, which was identified by security firm Rapid7, QNAP and Rapid7 agreed to a coordinated disclosure date of February 7th for the Vulns. However, on January 25th, QNAP told Rapid7 it had already pushed out patches. Further, QNAP's Vuln disclosure focused heavily on detailing affected devices and versions, while Rapid7 provided a detailed technical breakdown showing how the vulnerability can be exploited. Wow. Okay. So first of all, um, I've been very adamant on the show before. Um, QNAP is, uh, QNAP has a lot of problems, right? QNAP's one of those um, manufacturers or, or technologies 
um, companies, brands that just, it's, uh, <clears throat> I, I don't run QNAP in my environment. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, so there's two things here. One, there's a vulner, there's two vulnerabilities for QNAP devices. So if you're running QNAP technology, find out if your tech um, is involved in this. I, I didn't see an actual make and model number, right? QNAP has a lot of devices. So it looks like it's their, um, their QTS firmware, which runs on most of their NAS devices. Um, so not surprised here, right? Network attached storage for QNAP is like always in the news. If you're running QNAP, network attached storage devices, absolutely patch it. Ah, you gotta patch it. Second of all, and more importantly, right? Let's go, let's go deeper on this one. QNAP released the vulnerability and said it had a score of 5.8 out of 10. Okay, 5.8 out of 10. There is a formula for calculating CV, uh, 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 a vulnerability score, right? And the formula is called the CVSS score. There, you know, it's based on like how easy is it to exploit? What is it compromise? Who can do it? How sophisticated is there an active exploit, et cetera? Okay. 5.8 is like middle of the road. Like you don't get out of bed for, for like less than an eight. All right. So 5.8, that would just pass through your feeds and you, you might not even notice it. Now, what QNAP did here, um, looks like they got their, caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Okay. Unit 42, which is Palo Alto's threat intelligence arm, which by the way is phenomenal. Palo Alto, phenomenal company out of Israel. Not a lot of people know that. Um, Unit 42, their research arm of Palo Alto, phenomenal. I put them on the same level as like Google Tag and um, uh, Microsoft Threat Intel and um, you know some of the other larger ones. They're awesome. Unit four, So if Unit 42 says something, I believe it, okay? Unit 42 called them out on this one and basically said 5.8 is ridiculous. They demonstrated that it didn't require sophisticated um, knowledge to exploit. They released a full technical breakdown with an exploit to uh, exploit the vulnerability, which I'm kind of not really super pumped about. I wish they hadn't released the exploit. Uh, perhaps more of a proof of concept would have been better. Um, because when an exploit is released, threat actors can go pull it down. Less sophisticated criminals can pull it down and weaponize it. And again, network-attached storage devices that are internet-facing are very easy to find with things like um, Hacker Target and Shodan. Um, so, and then the German Federal Office came back over the top and actually released an emergency alert echoing what Palo Alto 42 said, saying, yes, this is a really nasty vulnerability and one that can be absolutely compromised. Basically, don't listen to uh, QNAP, the vendor, right? So, so I guess what the, the, the TLDR here is what I would say is the following. One, when a vendor releases information around a vulnerability, yes, you should introduce it to your vulnerability management program. And if you just took it on the surface that it's a 5.8, you would probably prioritize it based on that 5.8. Guys, if, if you've taken my vulnerability management uh, lectures in the past, or you're in Cyber 101 and you've done that module, you never really get to the medium level vulnerabilities. This is like, this is a fact, okay? Like this is just a straight fact. If you work in a business of any relative size, right? Like say 500 employees or more, <clears throat> when you run vulnerability scans, you're gonna have a lot of criticals. 
well, you're going to have some criticals, a lot of highs, a lot of mediums, a lot of lows, right? In a month, you're going to have more vulnerabilities, right? Every single month, you're going to get more and more and more. The dump truck's going to back up. So in reality, you never have time practically to ever, you're never going to eliminate all the vulnerabilities. You're never going to get to the lows ever. Promise you fact, you'll never get to the lows. The medium ones, maybe, maybe, but not likely. Most times you're focused on clearing criticals, definitely, and then trying to knock out the highs that have like a lot, like there's a lot of them, like this one high vulnerability is on all our systems. So let's focus on that. It's a freaking numbers game. So when QNAP says this is a medium vulnerability, to me as a vulnerability management analyst or as a CISO or whatever, I'm like, okay, so like, whatever, that's not a big deal. Like let's patch it at some point on oftentimes network attached storage devices. Who owns that, right? Does IT own it? IT might be like, no, we have file servers and we have OneDrive. I don't know why you're using a QNAP device, Carl, but we're not responsible for it. And now you've got risk exposure that is not going to get patched because Carl or whomever isn't patching the firmware on their IoT devices, right? So this will fall through the gaps. But what do you care? It's a medium vulnerability, not a big deal. So I appreciate that Unit 42 came back over the top and said, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a critical issue, very easy to exploit, complete compromise, remote code execution, et cetera, which should elevate the CVE score to something closer to a 9.8 or or honestly a full 10 because um, um, a full 10 simply because there's an active exploit out in the wild right now. Um, So anyways, that's what's up. I, I, I'm sorry, really quickly. I just want to see if like this vulnerability should have a CVE score through, um, through like NIST NVD. Uh, can we, where, where, can we see this NIST NVD? Hold on one second. I want to see if the score at NIST NVD has been updated appropriately. Oh wait, you guys can't see this. Hold on one second. All right. So th- it's been updated to a 6-1. Still not cool, uh, according to what Unit 42 is saying. Again, like here's a link to the freaking exploit. <laughs> All right? You can see it says exploit right there. So not 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 so sure about this one. Okay? Again, the, I guess the TLDR, before I move on to the next thing, is basically like this is why you can't just like... Take it on the surface and keep on moving. You do have to do some critical analysis thinking when these things come through. New Jersey law enforcement sues data brokers. Last week, 118 class action lawsuits were filed against data brokers who allegedly failed to respond to requests from roughly 20,000 New Jersey law enforcement personnel who asked for their personal information to be removed from the internet. New Jersey law prohibits disclosure of home addresses and unpublished phone numbers for current and retired police officers, prosecutors, and judges, along with their family members. The law also requires it to be removed within 10 days of takedown request. The law known as Daniel's Law was passed after a New Jersey federal judge's 20-year-old son was shot to death at her home in 2020 by a disgruntled attorney. The suits are seeking $1,000 for each violation, plus punitive damages and attorney's fees that could cost data brokers at least $20 million and hit the industry with at least $2.3 billion in fines. All right. Uh, interesting. Um 
<clears throat> I see a 439 of you. Like that number right above chat on the stream is how many people are live with us right now. Um, this is kind of gross. Data is the new. Well, first of all, regulators, mount up. All right, I'm going to try to keep this uh, very apolitical and on brand. You've got to remember, guys, people who bring justice, law enforcement, judges, lawyers, um, you know, uh, victim advocates, right? There, there's criminals out there who, you know, don't like that. They don't like law enforcement. They don't want to be arrested. They don't like a judge just sentencing them to five years in jail, right? So, but but those people, those those justice people, they're humans. They live in our neighborhood. They, they like, you know, they go to the grocery store. They, they're, they are, they have a right to a private life, to a real life. And if your home address or your kid's home address or, you know, where your loved ones are, uh, is made public, someone can show up just like, uh, this happened here where a disgruntled lawyer showed up and basically murdered a judge's kid. Right. Or what about organized crime kidnapping someone and saying, hey, like, dude, I mean, I mean, Biggie, you know, I know Biggie didn't do this, but Biggie said it right. Like, you know, uh, what's the what's the line in that Biggie song? Like, got your daughter tied up in a Brooklyn basement. Not guilty. Right. Like, I mean, like Biggie was rapping about this in like the 90s. OK, so if you know where they are, you can obviously exploit that weakness and um, do it for your own benefit. So. Data brokers, again, if you don't know about the vast ecosystem of data brokers in the United in the world, um, welcome to the party, pal. Uh, burst that bubble and welcome. Uh, data brokers have massive amounts of information. So the ability to request that information be deleted, um, first of all, that is a civil right that you should have. In Europe, under GDPR, absolutely would happen. In the United States, well, guess what capitalism is? Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. So if you're going to ask to remove this data, what you're actually asking the data brokers do is to lose value on their assets, right? Like they sell the data. That data is worth money. If you're asking them to delete data, that means you're asking them to take money out of their pocket, which is like, oh man, capitalism. Don't be so, don't, don't harsh my mellow, man, which is what the fat cats who sell the data are saying. Um, I hope to God this class action lawsuit goes through. I hope it actually defines um, precedence for other law enforcement individuals and justice system people to be able to get data expunged. Frankly, I hope this uh, sets a precedent that like I, who don't work in the justice system, could have my data expunged quite easily, right? We have a right to request our data be deleted, but is it actually happening? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, and finally, I say this every time a data broker story comes on. If you don't know about data brokers, this video from April 2022 is absolutely exceptional. This is last week tonight with John Oliver. It's 30 minutes. It's very entertaining. And to me, this is a must-watch um, for a priming yourself on understanding the ecosystem of data brokers and really just how unbelievably um, detailed they have of a profile of you and your kids and your loved ones. It's gross. It's really gross. And now it's time for you should probably patch that patch Tuesday ah, edition. Patch Yesterday, Microsoft ah, released its parade it. of Patch Tuesday security fixes for February 2024. 
Microsoft addressed a total of 73 flaws in two actively exploited zero days in five critical vulnerabilities. These issues could lead to denial of service, remote code execution, information disclosure, and elevation of privileges. The two actively exploited vulnerabilities are both security bypass bugs in Windows Smart Screen and Internet Shortcut files. The latter flaw could bypass Windows Mark of the Web warnings, which Microsoft designed to help users identify malicious files. As has become customary, a swarm of other vendors joined Microsoft by releasing their own February 2024 security advisories. The vendors include Adobe, Cisco, ExpressVPN, Fortinet, Google, Avanti, JetBrains, Linux, Mastodon, and SAP. All right, so it is uh, Patch Tuesday. Ah, you gotta patch it. Right, so this is, I mean, okay, so let's talk about two things here. One, obviously, I didn't hear anything crazy, zero day, uh, proxy shell, um, you know, hot mess express, single click explosions. So work these patches into your overall standard vulnerability management program. There is a proper process for rolling out patches. Just so you know, this is more for people who are breaking into industry and maybe doing interviews. You don't just YOLO and apply the patches all over the place. That's how you break things and bring systems down. You apply patches basically to the IT team first, make sure it doesn't break anything. Then you roll out patches to champions within different parts of the business, make sure nothing breaks for the apps that they're required to use, then roll it out system uh, organization-wide. Like a concentric circle, ripples in a pond. But this is why you can't just <clears throat> do it instantly. It takes weeks to do it. And guess what? By the time you're finished with that and you take a breath and wipe your brow, it's going to be March's 2024 Patch Tuesday dump. So it, it is it is brutal. Vulnerability management breeds apathy. And um, I'll tell you what, vulnerability management breeds apathy to the point where in my Cyber 101 course, I literally added a lecture that is just like straight hot spitting fire about the reality of a vulnerability management job, why you would do it, how to get out from under it, and um, you know signs to look for that you're basically becoming apathetic. All right, so you got to patch it. OpSWAT invests $10 million in cybersecurity scholarship program. On Tuesday, OpSWAT, a global leader in perimeter defense solutions, announced that it's launching a $10 million cybersecurity scholarship program. The initiative is designed to address the increasing demand for certified cybersecurity professionals, particularly within critical infrastructure industries. OpsWatt's scholarship program will provide course content tailored to equip participants with the skills necessary to protect critical infrastructure environments from a dynamic threat landscape. OpsWatt has posted details about the scholarship program, including eligibility requirements and application details on its website. And that all right. So if you're interested in checking this out, uh follow the links in the in the um CISO series. Um in classic fashion, in classic fashion, I didn't think I was gonna be able to do this. Again, I don't know what stories are gonna be um before they come, but um just so you know, I got a video for that. <laughs> I got a video for that. OpSWAT. So this guy right here, Irfan Shaquille, VP of Training and Certs at OpSWAT, September 2022, had him on the show, talked all about OpSWAT, OpSWAT's mission, um, seemed like a legit org uh, and, and you know, a, a righteous mission trying to help people. So, um, you know, it's worth checking out. I don't know the details. I don't know who this applies to, uh, but $10 million scholarship. Let's go. Uh, definitely check it out. There's not much. 
not much else to say about it, right? I mean, it's 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 a education program. I'm sure that there is some type of hook in uh, for them as a business, but you know, if you can get access to some free training, go for it, right? And also, again, like I got to get a shirt made that says I have a video for that. But I I I I relish the opportunity to say I have a video for that. It's it's so uh, it's so delicious to me. All right, let's go. All right, guys. Hey, if you were here just for the news, holla, holla, holla. Got a couple things to share with you. We're going to be doing, if you're here just for the news, please, before you leave one second, uh, we are going to be doing a, um, a premiere here. Um, if you want to come hang out at 9.30 a.m. So in, tw- in 30 minutes, uh, we're launching the first episode, season four of Two Cyber Chicks. Uh, Erica McDuffie, Jack Scott, many of you know these two wonderful professionals from the community. Uh, Their podcast has been wildly successful, award-winning. And for season four, they're bringing in under the Simply Cyber banner. So, you know, many of you know that like I'm building like a media group to showcase uh, great, great shows like this. And I'm super pumped to collaborate with them. So uh, we're going to do a premiere together at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, so there's that. And then obviously, uh, tomorrow we've got Chase Cunningham for Simply Cyber Live. If you are here just for the news, uh, I bid you good day. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and, uh, go out there and crush it, my friends. Otherwise we're going to do some jaw jacking. I'll be answering your questions, uh, as best I can sharing updates. There's a lot of updates to share with the community. Uh, it's all about good times. I love myself some jaw jacking. So I'll see you in a hot minute. Otherwise, be well. And until next time, stay secure. Let's go jaw jack, yeah? Let me get my glasses on. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to the party. This is your host, Jerry Guy, coming to you live from the studio. We're jaw jacking here, coming hot off of uh, Valentine's Day's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. Basically what we do here is we, we kick it old school, 411 of you beautiful people in here, 100 new squad members. We just do an AMA every single weekday morning. 9 a.m. to 9.30, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday by my, by me. And uh, Tuesday, Eric Taylor, Thursday, DJ Bsec, all about good times. So what's cracking, y'all? Jerry guy, about to Jerry guy. So let me share a couple things with you while we get some questions loaded up. First of all, um, I want to give a shout out. So there was a request at the most recent uh, All Hands meeting about having uh, community meetups, like local community meetups. I took it for action, and I want to share a couple a couple wins with you guys. So check it out really quickly. This is the uh, Discord server. You can see right here. These are the uh, Simply Cyber community meetups. We've got Colorado, Austin, Texas, Augusta, Georgia, New Orleans, Low Country, Vegas, baby. Detroit KC. So if you're a member of any of these areas and you want to connect locally, 
this is what's going on. And I'm, if you want to be an ambassador for a region, I'll set one up for you. But what I want to tell you is this. Shout out to Toasty Pops and the Kansas City Simply Cyber local meetup. Had their first in real life meeting yesterday. Four folks, planning committee, getting it all sorted out, getting ready to go. Let's go. And this, guys, just to reemphasize, this is the mission of Simply Cyber. It is to make information security accessible to anybody, to support to, to for inclusion, for opportunity, and you know, helping people in your uh, community is sick. Donald Hobson with the first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Donald Hobson. Uh, I just saw a request for Cyber 101. Uh, really quickly, I'll share that if you want. Uh, it's, I think it's Academy. Yeah, so it's right here. Um, I think if you do uh, simplycyber.io, let me look really quickly, slash Cyber 101. Yeah, if you do simplycyber.io slash Cyber 101, you'll get it as well. If you guys want, I have like a commercial it's like a 30-second commercial I could play. People want to see it. Maybe I'll do it like at mid-roll or something. Um, that's going well. And then, um, oh, I've got one other update for everybody. And then I wanted to, uh, I'll, I'll answer any questions. Uh, I was thinking, I had some fun ideas. Uh, oh, hey, Alan Escobar, first-timer. I mapped out an entire month. Uh, excuse me. I, I mapped out all of 2023 last night. Okay. All of 2023, right? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have every single month in 2023 kind of have a theme. And I'm going to ask, or I'm going to offer up the other uh, groups on um, under Simply Cyber, the opportunity to do that. So like two cyber chicks, cyber starters, etc. Definitely Simply Cyber. So like, for example, March will be all about industry roles in, in the industry. April will be all about malware and malware analysis. Now, in addition to all the content for the month kind of being a, around that theme, I'm going to host every single month an exclusive AMA stream, kind of like jaw jacking on steroids, but exclusively on that. And I'm going to raffle off uh, a, a scholarship or raffle off a, uh, a license to the Cyber 101 course every single AMA. So I'll have the entire, I'm I, like, this is rough notes right now. I need to put it in a spreadsheet and properly communicate it. But I will be doing this for the entire year of 2024. I think it's a fun idea. We're going to talk public entities, social engineering, uh, InfoSec awareness in September to set you guys up for success for um, Cybersecurity Awareness Month in October. Stay tuned. Okay, I meant 2024. I'm still not... Jesus, I did that yesterday. 2024. I It's 2024. I know. I'm Guys, I've got a lot going on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got GRC Study Hall coming up tonight at 7.30 p.m. If you're studying, if you want to break into GRC, it's a free meetup of like-minded individuals who are sharing... Uh, knowledge um, on GRC. Good stuff. Chris Young, Chris Whitlock is doing it. All right. So let's let's take some questions, guys. I wanna I wanna deliver value to y'all. 
Uh, Brian Mulder says, does using latex versus word versus anything make a difference in making a resume? Nope. Uh, Sakami says, first time watching live, just got a cybersecurity boot cert from Check Skills. Sec Plus coming soon. Thanks for the content. Thank you. And congratulations on completing that boot and getting the cert. Hopefully you enjoyed that experience. Uh, Toastmasters, Luke Canfield is saying that uh, Simply Cyber Toastmasters is meeting Thursday the 16th. Um, um, so Luke, do you mean Thursday the 15th or Friday the 16th? Let us know in chat. Um, but there is a Simply Cyber uh, Toastmasters channel. If you're looking to get better at public speaking, um, definitely check it out. Uh, where is the Toastmasters? It's, it's right here, right here. So Toastmasters, again, the Discord server is, um, it's a, you know, town square bazaar of opportunities for people to take advantage of. So don't sleep on that. All right, mods are bringing questions in. All right, so we got the Toastmaster thing. Thank you. Uh, Chuck, my man, Chuck, I love Chuck. When are you dropping your newsfeed for well-rounded articles that could be beneficial to the community? Stay tuned for that, Chuck. Um, I will say that there is a Telegram channel that has curated news feeds that anyone can sign up for if you use Telegram. Um, sure. Yeah, sure. Eric Taylor's been working on... Um, Eric Taylor's been working... What the heck? Eric Taylor's been working on something. So uh, when that comes out, we can totally share an update on that. Something just happened on my computer. So give me a second. Hold on. Hey, really quickly, um, if you are in the Houston area and you would be interested in a Simply Cyber Community local meetup, let us know in chat. If you are interested in a South Car uh, Simply Cyber Maryland, D.C., Virginia kind of uh, tri-borough meetup, let us know in chat. There's interest coming in uh, for that. All right. How do you find all the time to do all these amazing things, Jerry guy? Soulshine. Well, thank you, Soulshine. Uh, I work my ass off. Sorry, Kennedy. I, I work my butt off quite a bit. And hey, like the mods, mod love. I, I tell you guys all the time. I can't. This, this Simply Cyber would be not what it is without the love, support, and um, just high quality effort by the, the, uh, the mod team. Love the mods. Thank you, mods. Um, Robert Wiley says, is there a document that covers an overlay of GLBA safeguard rules in 800-171? Not that I know of, but Robert, GLBA, I mean, oh wait, that's Graham Leach Biley, not um, GDPR. Yeah, hold on one second. Um, I bet you, let's do this. Let's just quickly do this and see what's up. I see Kathy Chambers in chat. What's up, Kathy? All right, I'm pulling up a, a crosswalk really quickly. Here, come on. Yes, I'm well aware of that. Let's pull this crosswalk up. Downloads, do this, do this. Let's open this. I'm doing this on the fly, so I don't know if this is going to do it or not. But look, so do we have, where's the crosswalk? This isn't a crosswalk, brah. I hate, I hate when they lie. This, I can't, hold on. Let's do this. NIST CSF. 
crosswalk GLBA. <clears throat> I think there is a crosswalk for it. I'm, I'm looking for it right now. Um, Graham Leach Bliley, no. So basically, <clears throat> what I would say to you, Robert Wiley, is don't look for a 800-171 to GLBA crosswalk. What I would do is look for... Um, like NIST cybersecurity framework, there's been a lot of effort put into that to develop crosswalks for it. Um, so I think you could find NIST CSF that has a 171 and a GLBA crosswalk mapping, and you could basically um, like appropriate it and see where the crosswalk is between GLBA and 800-171 because the NIST CSF is going to have that. Uh, <clears throat> Stay tuned, though. I will be uh, doing some work on CMMC, which obviously is going to involve 800-171. Uh, let's keep going. Kathy Chambers says, any resource recommendations for learning networking outside of Network Plus? Uh, yes, good question. BSEC, um, let me ask BSEC too. So here's the thing. Kathy Chambers is asking for learning networking outside of the Network Plus. There's two things here uh, that I want to point out. One, networking, computer networking is complicated, okay? And that it's very important to learn two things. One is like theory. Now, I know John Strand says that the OSI model is, is trash, and that's, that's fine. But um, what I would say is you have to kind of learn the concept of how... I need a graphic you need to learn the concept of how a network stack works and what it looks like. Right. Hold on. Let me open this up. Thank you. So you have to kind of learn what this is, especially layers one through four, five and through seven, you can just ignore, but you have to like, uh, like you have to conceptualize what the network stack looks like. Then once you get that, you can begin to appreciate the actual hands-on learning. Now, Josh Mason recommends Cisco Net Academy, uh, which looks phenomenal. I've seen this recommended a few times. I'll drop a link in chat. You can see they have free online classes right here, um, right here. So you definitely want to giddy up on that as well. CJ, absolutely, you can be the Vegas ambassador. We actually cre I created the Vegas one because I knew you wanted that, CJ. So uh, if you can, just hit me in Discord. <clears throat> uh, also. Um, uh, yeah, there's a ton of videos on YouTube. David Bomble does a lot of good networking uh, related content. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, Kathy Chambers. All right, let's see what else we got. All right. What else we got, people? What is it? It's 9.15. We got time. CJ rules. That's right. So CJ, if you can actually, uh, CJ, go into the Simply Cyber Community Las Vegas uh, channel and just ping me in there. And oh, I see you already did that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll officially make you the ambassador and, and list it in the thing. Uh, so that'll be good. And I know Carlos Hernandez, I don't know if he's in chat right now, but he's uh, definitely going to be there. Um, okay, what else we got? 
Welcome to the party, Nick Jones. We got a, what, is this a first timer coming in, coming in hot? Nick Jones, hello, long time lurker, first time chatter. Back the video up, I have to work in the middle of it. Just started my cyber journey, Miss Sock Core Skills, but we'll take it in May. Nick Jones, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, I see a question in chat from Angular. What cert is best for digital forensics that I can get without experience in six to eight months? Huh. That's a good question. I would ask, so I would tell you two things, um, Angular, okay? I'm not a differ uh, expert, but I'll tell you two things. One, uh, obviously the Paul Jeremy uh, map. I would look at this and you can see right here, this, 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 it's hard to see on stream, but this is the forensics one. So like this entire vertical is the forensics. So these, this is the scope of the certs that you could look at. These ones down here are more entry level certs. So I would look at that and I would suggest, I would suggest looking at ones that are specifically tailored to a technology like end case or autopsy. Finally, what I would say is, um, I got a video for that. <clears throat> Angular, this video right here, breaking in to different Jessica Hyde. Jessica Hyde is an unbelievable in digital forensics. She's a treasure uh, to the cybersecurity community. And she dropped so much unbelievable value in this video on resources, free resources, free learning, free certs, free everything that um, I tell you what, if you spent one hour Angular watching this video, I think you would come out with a six month roadmap on how to crush it in the digital forensic space. And, and, uh, like steps to take in order. So definitely do that. Go back to mod chat really quickly. Robert Cooper. Robert Cooper says, what about a Simply Cyber GRC shirt? Oh, like like for the blue team? Actually, that's a cool idea. That, let me write that down. Um... So check this out. Uh, some of you may know this. Some of you may not know this. I do a lot with Black Hills Information Security. And they reached out to me at the end of the year and said, hey, we want to collaborate on something fun um, that we would put in the Spearfish store. And like, it could be anything. It could be a book. It could be a t-shirt. It could be a play mat. It could be whatever. And uh, we had some ideas of like a 52-card play deck with custom graphics on all the cards. 26 of them would be Simply Cyber. 26 of them would be Black Hills. Um, and as a community, I was going to involve all of you in the development of what those cards look like. And that's still in progress, but that's a massive project and one I don't have time to commit to right now. But a t-shirt, a GRC shirt kind of falling into this vein, I think that is phenomenal. I think that's phenomenal. Um, if, anybody, if anybody has any thoughts, like if you guys want to explore this, Black Hills Information Security has told me that they are very open to any ideas that I have around uh, collaborations and integrations with them. So if you guys want, if anyone has an idea for a GRC t-shirt that would kind of fit in the Black Hills uh, uh, veins, let me know. Amish Runaway wants to know how the late night show is coming along. It's coming along uh, well. Amish Runaway. I'm very, very uh, apprehensive to talk about it, though. Um, I had talked about it on stream prior, and um, 
I just, I don't, I can't, I don't, like, Amish Runaway, uh, it's coming along fine. I can't talk about it, unfortunately. Uh, so if anyone has a, hope is not a strategy. Okay. Maybe GR, trying to make, making GRC socially acceptable since 2019. <laughs> uh, Nick Jones says he's going to work on Eric Capuano's lab. Anything else you'd recommend while I prepare? Wait, appreciate your time. Uh, yeah, the sock lab by Eric Capuano is good. What I would say is, Nick, use Eric's lab as a starting point, but you can scale up and go beyond that. And if you do, I'd recommend documenting blog posts, social media articles around how you're pushing it, like other detections you're doing, stuff like that. <clears throat> um, that's what I would do. Uh, basically Amish Runaway, the studio owns the rights to it. I don't. So, uh, I completed my boot camp in October, says Zach Morrison. Still haven't found a cyber job yet. Even though I've applied since October, I don't have any certs right now. Gary Sturgiatis with the Jerry's Resiliency Community. Um, yeah, Zach, Sec Plus would be a fine cert if you wanted to get a cert. That's kind of like your basic intro one. Speaking of Sec Plus, Zach, if you want to join Jesse Johnson and the Slay Security crew, I believe they do Thursday nights, uh, Eastern Time Thursday night. Um, <clears throat> if Jesse Johnson's in chat or anybody who can comment on Slay Security, it's a great community. It's a great effort. Uh, Jenny Housley, helping the world become more cyber resilient since 2019. I love it. All right, we've got a couple minutes before two cyber checks. Super excited about that. Um, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Uh, I also wanted to point out that I have, um, I have, um, I, we're streaming to Twitch as well. I don't really put a lot of in, uh, effort into Twitch, but I turned it on today. We'll see how it goes. <clears throat> Mark Charles says, good morning, Team SC. Good morning, Mark. Good to see you. What are some of the common job titles for a more entry-level compliance cyber role? I'm looking into the DOD, but curious about private industry. All right, so job titles. All right, here we go. Let's run down the gamut. I do have a video for this. Uh, I forget which one, though, unfortunately. But check it out. Ready? Uh, risk analyst. Well, you got to do cyber risk analyst. Okay, so, yeah, actually, you know what? Let's do this. Uh, let's do this. I think this will be fun. Uh, let me see. You're going to love this. Uh, who asked that question? Mark, Mark Charles. You're going to love it. Here we go. This is Gemini. Welcome to Gemini. This is, uh, the newest iteration of Bard. Uh, I appreciate it because I thought Bard's name was terrible. Gemini is cooler. Look at this gradient, uh, like retro synthwave color scheme. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hi, I'm looking for, I'm looking, actually, let's do this. Watch this. This is even better. This is even cool. This is like such a level up of Gemini over Bard. I'm looking for jobs that are entry level in cybersecurity, specifically compliance roles, both in the DOD and in the private sector. Can you give me a list of 15 job titles that would have be applicable. 
And let's do this. Gemini is working. Here we go. Mark, Mark Chambers. <clears throat> Mark Chambers in the DOD, security analyst, cybersecurity compliance specialist, IA technician, risk management analyst, IR analyst, security awareness training, sec in the private sector. So uh, Mark Chambers, I know it's hard to see, but this is this is your answer. You can I'll I'll scroll so you can go back and uh, freeze the freeze the freeze the video and see them all. Okay, I hope this uh, helped you. All right, let's go. Nerman with a super chat. Last week I completed GRC Master Analyst class and started Cyber One. It's very educational.